following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. Welcome to the Forbes interview. I'm your host, Steve Bertoni. On this show, we do in-depth interviews with some of today's most significant business leaders. Today, we have a special edition. We have not one, but two founders in the studio today. We have Matt Meeker and Heinrich Wordeland, who are the founders of Bark, which powers the very popular BarkBox subscription model for dogs. Guys, welcome to the Forbes interview. Thank you. Thanks. And as, and as true co-founders, you guys are sharing a mic, so this is, this is good. And I want to get into this because you guys met by, you're sharing a mic today, but you were saying before you met initially by sharing a bed. I want to hear this story. <laughs> well, uh, we were at a, a conference and um, because that we were a little bit uh, frugal, uh, we, uh, we were kind of like opting for the type of room where you were kind of m- matched with like a, a random person. And, um, and so Matt went to bed a little bit early the first night and I went to bed quite late. But before I went to bed, I thought it would be hilarious to take this bed that was kind of like pushed apart. It looked like it looked like a heart-shaped kind of bed. Uh-huh. Um, so I pushed it back together, which I thought was hilarious. And then um, I went to bed late and, and woke up in the morning, never met Matt before, and kind of had to take my hand over the duvet and be like, hey, I'm Henrik. And so, uh, yeah, we met at, uh, in a heart-shaped bed on a cruise ship. That's like every founder story, right? Yeah, it's very romantic, very intimate. And this was, uh, and this was at... Summit Series, the cruise, right? And ironically, we had uh, one of its founders, Elliot Bisnow, on the show a few weeks ago. So I guess that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good introduction by way of uh, bunking together. Totally. Yeah, we owe them a lot. They're and great. really quick, how did you get, what were you guys doing at the time? And how did you decide to go from being roommates to co-founders? So at the time, I was running an incubator here in New York called Dogpatch Labs for Polaris Ventures, so mm-hmm. working in the venture capital world, and met this guy, and we actually didn't leap straight to it. We spent uh, we spent a few months just hanging out and getting to know each other, and then the idea sort of emerged from that. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it wasn't kind of like we had a specific idea at the time. We just really enjoyed hanging out together and really, I think, shared a lot of values and a lot of kind of like was very aligned in the methodology of how we felt that company should be built. Mm-hmm. And what is, take me up to speed on the uh, kind of, what is the state of BarkBox? Because Henrik, we met, I think, I don't know if you remember this, we met in the real early days and you guys had this funky office in like deep Chinatown, New York. And I think if uh, my memory serves me well, there was this like random freight elevator and there was a guy that looked like he was living in the elevator. I think he had, he was sitting on like a box and he had like a tube TV that's somehow working in the elevator. And I remember the doors opened up and there was just, this wasn't your office, like your neighbors. There was like a hundred people at sewing machines. And I'm not saying it was a sweatshop, but the people there were definitely sweating. And then I go up to you and you're like, Oh, welcome to our, our, uh, our dog company. Like that, that's where it was founded. Right. Yeah, that's that's totally right. It it was a sweatshop that you encountered, and uh, our office was 
rough to say the least, but that's how we got going. It was great. It was an amazing office. So yeah, we had the elevator guy. We had the uh, six dumplings for a dollar downstairs, which later got closed by the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the the government for being way too disgusting. I think there was like rat run, running all over. Mm-hmm. And then we had the. Um, it's better than it's better than ramen. You got the uh, the rat <laughs> rat dumplings. There exactly right. And then we had all the ladies that was working downstairs when their kids were off school. They'll come out and kick our ass and ping pong. And so that was pretty fun. So you went from that to what is Bark right now? How big is it? How many employees? Let's talk sales. Yeah, so it's uh, it's two offices, one in New York, one in Columbus, Ohio. They're both about the same size. So uh, in New York, we have three big, beautiful floors still in Chinatown, but different location, yes. nicer building. Better dumplings. Uh, a lot better. Do- oh, now we have what? poke bowls. Yeah, we've, we've grown up. Okay. $15 <laughs> poke bowls oh, from do- dollar dumplings. Um, and we are about 270 employees. Across two offices, sales on track for about 150 million this year, and we're a profitable company. So, take me. What was that? How did we go from the, the the sweatshop to this big company that I think you guys also just team with Target, which is such a great uh, a great vote of confidence in your product and what's going on. Like, what was what did we meet? Was that like five years ago? Yeah, exactly right. Well, I think we were. As I think many founders have, we were a little bit lucky that we hit the the timing right for a market that was changing. So dogs are now like part of the family. It's part of people's lifestyle. And um, and we created a new product that really allowed them to make their dogs happier. And so by really understanding, you know, insights about dogs, the, the science of what makes dogs happy, and then wrapping it around kind of with cool-looking products, um, we stumbled into this thing and then it just took off. Well, for the audience out there, kind of give me a quick, can you explain what Bark does and what the key product or the core product now, BarkBox, what the, what the idea is, what the thesis is? Yeah, I think in many ways, the core of it is that we want to do what Disney or Lego have done for kids. We want to try to create products and services that um, really takes some kind of play that the dog already have and then just enhance that by creating a product or a service that uh, makes it more fun for the dog and their human. And so it's a cool box. The box box is a monthly subscription service, mm-hmm. but it's more kind of like a little event that happens once a month where you get this box. It's all products that we made ourselves. It's themed um, and it has a lot of fun stuff for both the dog and the human. And in terms of the, th- like I know things like Birchbox and other subscriptions, they kind of have a double revenue model. Like they, you know, the customers pay, but then also a lot of these companies pay them because it's a great advertising, great distribution. Does that model work with you, or do you? Is it all kind of you? You create the products yourselves and then sell it to the people. Yeah, we create most everything that we sell, and we don't we don't take samples or have people pay to get in the box. So everything is either bought or made by us. And what? Who are your customers? I, I picture. I, I, I go back to you know be, the movie Best in Show and I picture like the yuppie couple um, with the braces and, and, and the dogs. Is it all walks? Like who is a Bark Box customer? I think one of the beautiful things about dogs is that it's actually one of the things that unite this country. Like I think you know, if you look at it, there are so many dogs owners out there and it really cuts across the whole country. And so obviously when we live in New York, you see kind of like the stereotypical um, kind of single girl with her dog. But if you really look at all our audience throughout the country you have all walks of life mm-hmm. and and i think one of the cool thing when you email your customers you really find out that you know everybody just loves their dog so much and so uh i think it's it's very broad if you just look at this sheer numbers there's roughly around 100 million dogs out there so in, in america yeah. yeah 
and the market's huge, right? I think I was looking at a story we did recently, and the U.S. pet market alone is you know sixty billion dollars, about right, and a good share of that is actual dogs, right? Yeah, it's it's about seventy billion this year, and and overwhelming dogs. It's not even worth it to pay attention to fish or <laughs> reptiles or any of that. The, no love, for, no love for cats. No love for cats or no. parrots or what? Yeah. No, none of that. And what is um, this money? People, does that include like is this food? Is this like vets? Or is it just are people? Or, or is it Halloween costumes and those crazy like rain slickers you see New York City dogs wearing? Like is that the whole everything? Or is that just the pet product market? I guess that that's everything. So it is food and healthcare and all that. Um, we don't serve that part of the market. We serve all the fun stuff, all the happy stuff. And it, to us, that's the growing part of the market. The the food is. Uh, destined to be won by Amazon. It's a commodity product. It's about getting it to your door really cheap. Amazon's pretty good at that. Uh, And our dogs eat fairly well, so we don't need to reinvent that. But everything else is wide open for us, and we're we're going after that. It's not commodity product. You see the commercials on TV. There's like gluten-free dog food, (laughs) and there's paleo diet, so you can eat like a wolf, you know? I was looking at that the other day. I was was serving uh, my dog, Molly, one of our kind of like organic treats, and... uh, and I was thinking, hey, you used to be a street dog from like <laughs> Mobile, Alabama, and now you're looking at me as like, is this not organic? And so, yes, I think a lot of us just really want to treat our dogs very well. And, and so there's a lot of products out there. But what there hasn't really been for a long time is that there hasn't been a lot of innovation in like what you can do with your dog and what are fun things you can do with your dog and how mm-hmm. you can make it more happy. So if you're sitting with your dog on the weekend, you can kind of hang out at the sofa and go to the park. And what we're really trying to do is to create a lot of products is that extend that kind of playtime. So for example, one of the new product lines that we launched in Target is called Destroyers Club. And so we looked at what is the type of play that the dogs have with the toy. Mm-hmm. And some of them really like to just really get get into the into the toys and, and destroy them. And so we went even further down and saying, well, what is that specific play style? Like a defluffer, for example, is a dog that really likes to get in there and like get all the fluff of the toy out of the of the toy. A defluffer? A defluffer. I've that's a new term. <laughs> And we have, and so we created specific products just for that. And we're taking a quick break to say it's been one month since the announcement of the massive credit bureau breach. But if you are one of the millions whose personal information was breached, your information may have already been out there for at least three months. Identity thieves can buy your info on the dark web and use it to open new accounts, commit crimes in your name, even steal from your 401k. Now is the time to get protection. Sign up for LifeLock today. They use proprietary technology to detect a wide range of identity threats and will alert you if your information is being used. If there's a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code Forbes, that's Forbes, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit LifeLock.com and save 10% now. Is the motivation really to kind of inspire the owner to get excited about the product and play with the dog versus, you know, dogs will go crazy over a shadow or a pillow or your shoes? Like, do they, is the design, like the whimsical part of it, it's obviously for the owner to kind of get out and enjoy the dog, right? I think in many ways you can look at it like kids, right? You know, the... If, when you buy something for for your kids, then you want it to be something that the 
that the kid can play with for a long time. And so the same thing, you want to get good value for the product. But ideally, you also want something that you can play together. And one of the things that your kids probably would really enjoy is that if you have something that you they play with their parent. And mm-hmm. I think dogs are very much in the same way. They want something, they, they get excited when you get excited too. And then hopefully you want something that also kind of teach them something or where you play into some kind of instinct they already have. And, and so in many ways, we are not necessarily inventing anything new. We're doing that in our category but we're really just following along what have happened in the kid industry. Mm-hmm. And Matt, so you guys do in a subscription box where every month you pay like 20 bucks and you get a sampling of the stuff. If it turns out that I really love, like my dog or whatever, really loves like these treats you gave me or this is a great toy, I want to send you know five of them to my friends that have dogs too. Is there a way to get that? Is this kind of like, is the, the box kind of like the gateway drug that you can go onto the website and buy like a you know gallon of the organic whatever or buy like a thousand fake you know chickens i don't know what you what you guys have but yeah definitely so we we hear back from people the products they love what they don't love and then they're all for sale at barkshop.com which is our e-commerce site um but we we get a lot of positive feedback we hear from our vendors that they they get flooded with orders and um being in there is very it's a it's a good thing for vendors now, you guys are both serial entrepreneurs. Matt, you had four startups, right, and some social media, you know, plays. And Henrik, you've done, you know, media in Europe, I think MTV, right, back in the day. Why, how did you decide upon dogs and to, like, devote your lives to a company that's making toys and food for, for pets? Um, for me, it was for my dog, Hugo. So I got this great Dane when I was, uh, right after Henrik and I met, I brought him home and He's an amazing dog. In, and New York, just, in New York City? In New York City. You're one of those people that you see like, oh my God, <laughs> like I can't even fit myself in the, into the, the one bedroom, let alone this, this horse on a leash. Yeah, well, it's his house. Yeah, he's okay. got a couch. He's got a bed. He's got a great setup. And he lets me live there rent-free, which is really nice of him. And uh, he, he took over my life this morning. We drove in in his car, and it was really nice. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, but in a, in a way, it was like, brought him home and wanted to spoil him and make him very happy and was just uninspired by all the all the really crappy outlets that were around mm-hmm. um the petcos and the local pet stores and and they don't know my dog and they don't know anything about a great dane you go in and ask like what's good for a great dane and they say bully stick and if you don't know what a bully stick is you should look no it idea. up what is it yeah it's uh <laughs> it's a treat it's like a chew that dogs really really love um but it's a, a part of a bull and about a 12-inch part of a bull that they ah, harden. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, dogs love it. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it was less of a, like a calling. It was more chance, right? I, uh, I really wanted to work with Matt and Kylie, my co-founders, and um, we were, my wife and I was fostering all these dogs, and, and it's, so I didn't even think it would be that big of a thing, to be honest, when we started. It was just something that was kind of just was fun to kind of goof around with. And then it really took off. And I think when it took off, I just realized that you had this industry that hadn't really seen any innovation for so long time. Mm-hmm. And everything you did was fun. And every time that you talked to a customer, not only did they get excited, but they were sending super cool pictures and videos of their dogs being uh, happy with some of the stuff she'd done. And so it just became like this very contagious kind of thing to work on. Um, but it wasn't like really a calling. It was more, I really wanted to hang with Matt and Carly. So. And you said it was kind of like a, a thing. Yeah, it was supposed to be a fun thing to work on with friends. What was the spark that went from like, oh, this is kind of a, like an interesting side project to like, wow, we have like a company here that could do, you said, like, 
hundreds of millions in revenue and you've raised a ton of, you know, 70 million in venture capital. Like what was that step change from, oh, this is, let's do this after work to like, this is something big. You know what? I think it kind of really took off immediately. Like it's one of those projects I've ever worked on that just worked from day one. Uh, we would we would start, like the first website was something like I kind of like coded together on a WordPress template. And Matt and I would kind of compete a little bit about who can sign people up, but I didn't know how to code putting up a payment, gate, a payment gateway. So we were just signing people up on squares on our phones. And and so people would say, hey, what are you working on these days? I'm like, I'm working on this little thing for my dog, da, da, da. And people are like, hey, that's awesome. You sign me up. And we would, I think we signed the first 74 accounts that we, we signed up on our phones. And so really from day one, it kind of worked. I think the first kind of like small signal was, um, we were looking through everybody who signed up online when we then find Kali sorted out all the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we were looking at all the people who signed up and suddenly I was like, there was a meeker signing up. I was like, Hey, you know, that's not that common a name or maybe it is, but like, and Matt is like, Oh, that's my dad. And so I was like, your dad signed up and he didn't know about the service. And so just having like, that's kind of a random family member signing up for a service. He didn't know. He didn't know. No, he's, uh, He's a late adopter and not not a big uh, fan of the, the whole startup thing. And so, the the progression of his online purchasing went from uh, <laughs> buying on Amazon that Christmas. So Christmas of 2011 was his first online purchase, which was a book from Amazon. His second purchase ever online was a subscription for from us. But he didn't know you were starting this company. No, he had no idea. Wow, At that point, it, it was it was a side project. I was still working in the venture capital firm. He thought that was a respectable, good job. So that was cool. See, obviously, you didn't grow up in an Italian family because, like, my mom knows what I had for lunch yesterday, let alone, like, the company that I'm starting. No, he's listening to this right now, and he's he's saying to himself, he never calls me. Never called. He doesn't know you have a Great Dane or have, you know, you guys met in a, on a cruise ship together, all that all that kind of stuff. That's probably news to him, too. So I thought you were going to say that you saw Meeker sign up, and it was Mary Meeker, and it was like, oh, my God, we've, like, hit, you know, Silicon Valley gold. But I guess your dad's number two in that one. Yeah, yeah. He's not as well-known as her. No. His internet trends report is not nearly as interesting. <laughs> it's a little less, <laughs> little less red. Um, and in terms of... Like, so you, you started as... You know, it's kind of... In this day and age, I guess it's just a lot of it's lazy journalism, but everything is you know Uber for X and Airbnb for X. And it, usually when people kind of like start joking around, they start saying like, oh, it's... you know. Facebook for dogs. Like, that's kind of like the, the most opportunistic thing. It always goes to like a pet. Did you have any kind of pushback or worrying that, like, wow, we're doing like a dog startup, that this is kind of like a birch box for dogs? Uh, not really. We, it's like Henrik said, when we started, we didn't think of it as we're building this massive company. Um, I wanted to build it for my dog. I was curious about commerce at the time, working in venture capital, seeing a lot of commerce deals come through the door. I didn't know how it worked, so I was curious to see it from the inside. But I, did, I, I don't know about you. I didn't really care if it was 100 customers, 1,000, or a million, and it seems like it's a million. So mm-hmm. uh, we never really thought about that. It's kind of interesting. I think because that we didn't think it was that big a thing when we started, a lot of the values that we now have in the company is like pretty sound values. Like we've, we 
have like a really good culture internally. We, I feel, take really good decisions because that we were very calm in the early days and we weren't kind of like chasing kind of like this unicorn. Yeah. Um, and so I was the same way. You know, I was really fascinated about how you could take content and experiences and products and merge them together. And so this was really like the perfect playground. And so everybody, like nobody else really seemed to take this humongous industry very seriously. We had like just a lot of space and time to, to experiment. Um, and so I was, I was, I was the same way. Now, obviously, sometimes you get a little bit frustrated when you hear people like talking it down. Like you're mm. like, "Hey, who are you to tell me that my business is bad? I'm making you know millions and millions of people happy every every month, and I'm making new experiences for these dogs. They're these incredible creatures. Meanwhile, you're giving me grief because that you know I'm not out there necessarily kind of going to all the conferences and yeah. talking about my my advertising startup. Um, and so sometimes obviously you just have a moment where you get a little bit like, Hey, you know, if you only knew how big it was on the flip side, you know, we kind of like got to become a very large company kind of under the radar. And that's probably been good for us. And we'll be right back after this quick break. The Forbes interview podcast is brought to you by LifeLock. Equifax recently announced a breach of 143 million identities, and it seems like a good idea to take steps to get protection. Be among the millions who trust their identity theft protection to LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code Forbes for 10% off. There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents when it happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn it, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. And you mentioned culture. What's it like to work at, at Bark? And I assume, I assume dogs are welcome in the workplace. A lot of dogs in the workplace. Probably 30, 40 a day in both New York and Columbus. And if you have allergies, I guess it's not a place to, to work. Probably not. Probably won't work out. The, the culture is unique. I would say it's very open in terms of we encourage people to say whatever is on their mind and uh, express that through their work, express it with their colleagues. Um, We have some interesting traditions. Henry can probably tell you about our Danish holiday party that we have um, that he brought to our wonderful company. And it's because you are you are Danish. What is the Mm -hmm. the traditions? Well, in Denmark, it's a little bit more of a refined experience yes. that what is kind of like ended up to it's it's a lot of snaps and a lot of uh, which is kind of this very hot liquor uh, okay. that we bring over, and then uh, it's a lot of drinking songs, which um, we've also now <laughs> started to so people learn Danish like Danish drinking songs for for the for the party, and then it's a, a bunch of games, and so you know it was kind of like a manageable when we were. 10, like now that we are hundreds, it gets a, a little bit crazy. Little crazy. Well, the good news is with all the drinking that if there is an accident, you can always blame the dogs, not the employees. Exactly so that, right. That, that works. There are accidents. Yes. Um, 
I think it was last year we had a broken ankle. Oh, that's 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 when you know it's a holiday party. Yeah, you have broken bones. Yeah, and it, do people do the people that come to work for you? Do they tend to be passionate about pets and dogs? Besides, it just being a cool opportunity. Like you see, like that is that a big recruiting? Um, for sure, like part of the mission. If I guess you are not crazy about your dog. Our company is not a place for you. I think the way that you get authenticity and you create good products is that you have like your audience working in your company, and and so every time somebody calls. You know, our customers support line, you know, they'll probably hear a dog barking in the background. And I think they understand that we really care and that we're really into what we're doing. So being a dog lover is, is obviously very important in our company. And Forbes, um, we, we did a story on you guys a, a, a little while back. And it was really interesting, all the different, um, you know, you change your name from BarkBox to now Bark. Um, we were joking before, kind of like Alphabet, because you have all different divisions. And you guys try and experiment a lot on different different products and services. Tell me a little bit about the how you the ones you've you've got into um, besides BarkBox. What's worked and things that you kind of you failed and learned from, or maybe you want to go back and try it again. Uh, the three that are working really well right now are BarkBox works well, the Bark Shop e commerce works really well, and then as you mentioned, we just went into retail with Target, mm-hmm. and that that's a big step up for us. Those are three really solid businesses. Um, and then on top of that, we, we've we done a lot in content and entertainment. Uh, we had a property called Bark Post, which was a standalone media business. And we, we've we changed the model on four, that. Four dogs, by dogs? <laughs> yeah, well, by dog people, but yes, four yes. dogs for sure. Uh, we tried a healthcare startup, so in-home vet service called Bark mm-hmm. Care. And that didn't work out in in the time we did it. But it's a cool model, and people loved it, and we may come back to that someday. So, kind of like you know, doctors' visits for your vet visits for your for your dog. Yeah, it's it's just such a better experience. Um, you know, I take a Great Dane into the into the vet office. I have to get him in the car, go across, find a place to park, get him in the room. He's there with ten other dogs who are stressed out, and they're all barking at each other. It's a terrible experience for mm-hmm. the dog and for the person who's stressed out too. So, we were bringing the vets into the home and. People and dogs just loved it so much. What was the um, the friction? Why didn't why did you guys stop it? Uh, the way we were we knew how to grow a business was very online, direct response, social media type growth or search growth. That's what we knew, and you can't apply that to a vet model. You can't go on Facebook and say, "Hey, schedule a vet visit." It's like your dog either needs a vet or they don't, so you have to catch them at the right moment. Mm-hmm. And the investment was too much for us at the time, so we had to we had to wind it down there. And in terms of what do you have, how does your R and D work in terms of other things? Because you're kind of in an interesting position that you can, you know, a lot there's a lot of crossover with you know with with human services and pet services. In a way, you can kind of sit back and see like interesting things that are catching on with people, and maybe see if there is a I guess a dog iteration with that. Is that kind of how you go about it? Yeah, I think the democratization of technology has really allowed companies like us to play across the field when it comes to like all types of categories of business, right? Like from starting a vet business to doing media to doing products design. And so in many ways, um, we have a pretty green field of, of, of opportunities that we can play in. Um, and so what we do is we look at uh, new products and services that we think basically will make dogs happy, and then we test them very quickly. And sometimes they never get 
sometimes we just make the banner ads and we see we call it a signal face mm-hmm. and just to see like if we can get people to to respond to kind of like the concept and sometimes we build it out a little bit further and so we have a whole little internal process of how can we stand up a new company or new product how it can be tested in market and then if it works how it can we double down on it if it doesn't work we'll move on to the next one anything um kind of on the what's in the pipeline <laughs> There's many things in the pipeline. I was thinking of like a dog, uh, a dog pun, but I just, my brain stopped working, so I'll just say pipeline. <laughs> well, like I think where we'll end, which we always bring up around the holidays, is our Bach Jet, which is our airline for dogs, because a lot of us uh, don't want to put our dogs down in the in the cargo bay, and so yeah. Well, I mean, why should dogs fly coach? You know, humans can, but you know, exact- they need their own their own PJ. Come on, exactly right. And so, um, so every year around the holidays, when everybody's thinking about how they're going to go back to uh, home for the holidays, we all kind of go back to the how we're going to launch the the jet line and so a few years back we actually looked at it and turns out this is really difficult we wanted to lease uh, basically jumbo jets that would go from coast to coast um turns out it's really tough to lease around the holidays because obviously all the airlines are you want to lease a jet yes Mm -hmm. like a big like a 747 just full of dogs sure okay sure why not no, but I think, you know, like, if, you know, I have my dog Molly and I don't want to put her in the cargo bay and, and you know, would I pay a f- business class ticket to fly her across country? For sure. And, and, you know, while if you don't have a dog, that might sound slightly crazy. I think for all the people who are listening that have a dog, they'll be like, yeah, I'll totally do that too. And is that, is that close? Well, we, we think about that every year. And I think our downfall is we start thinking about our own holiday travel plans about mid-October. And then we say, we should get a jet. That's a really tight time frame to get a jet and sell a bunch of tickets and pull this whole thing off. So we should start planning like now for next year. That's that's the downfall. Just get like a cargo plan and cover it with astroturf, and you'll be all, you'll be all set. I don't think Molly wants to sit on astroturf. Like she needs a proper kind of like flat baked seat. <laughs> right. It's like the JetBlue Mint experience for a dog. Oh yeah, they need their own little their yeah. own pod right. and uh, lie flat and all that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So you said you're going to hit 150 million this year. What? How big can this company get? What is your goal, and how do you how do you get to the scale you want? It has a long, long way to go. Uh, we, when Henrik talks about new ideas that that are possible for us, all the way up through a jet, we're in a great spot right now where we have more possibilities to select from and invest in than we can manage. We were just doing this yesterday, going through a whole list and saying we don't have time for that one. We can do this one. Um, so there are years or decades in front of us of new products and this is just the u.s we've you know we're shipping about a half a million products a month or Mm -hmm. boxes a month right now that's one percent of the the addressable population so we've got 99 percent more of the households to get to we have um the rest of the world to get to and so many more products to build uh we're we're just scratching the surface and we can see that we we kind of grew on social and so Mm -hmm. when we put out like a music video like the dog mom rap it gets like 30 40 million views uh, over a few days all organic and so this idea of really understanding dog as a lifestyle and creating products for that anything from you know nice dog beds to uh, treats and toys <clears throat> to experiences and stuff like that i think we're just kind of getting started there's a yeah, long a long way to go. Dog is a lifestyle. That's a that's a good tagline. And you mentioned social. Is it pretty easy for you to go into Facebook, Instagram, and find out who is a pet owner just through people's what they post and photos and just certain other other signals there that really help you, you know, target specific groups of people? 
Yeah, I think Matt can talk a little bit more to kind of the specific uh, mechanics we use. I think the way that I think about it is a little bit how we build MTV. We basically saw that there was like a new cultural shift where people saw music as a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and then created really good content around that. And so what we've done on social is that we said we are crazy dog people too. And here's a way to create content that is not just about like how do you wipe the paws of your dog, but really about like having your dog and like sitting there and trying to find excuses because you don't want to go out with your friends. You rather want to hang with your dog on a Friday night watching Netflix. Um, And when you start to create that content, then you just have a lot of people that gravitate to Mm -hmm. you. So uh, in the early days, what we did, we didn't really have the money to spend a a lot of kind of targeted ads. And so we just created content that we thought was really fun and that got a lot of people to follow us on social. And so now... And you assume the people who like and follow it are probably either have dogs or potential dog owner kind of thing. Yeah, or somebody who gives gives gifts to somebody who have dogs. And Mm -hmm. so now our engagement, you know, sometimes kind of we get better engagement our ads than brands at the Super Bowl that, that run Super Bowl ads and so we use that as really like the the platform to then go out and then now that the business is bigger we can go out and buy ads against an audience that looks like that yeah so, so Matt does Facebook let you kind of if, if you want to find a certain like pet owner kind of target is that I assume that's pretty easy oh yeah that's very easy all the way down to dogs to different breeds to location sizes ages uh, we yeah, we cut that out pretty good. What's as you guys have you know really dug deep into the dog culture? What's been some of the like surprising things you've learned about the pet market or about people's behavior with their animals, or just things that they they're buying that kind of surprise you? Well, I think it goes across the gamut. Besides right? having a Great Dane in New York City, that's very <laughs> that's shocking. I still I still I, understand that one. It goes across. It goes from like very basic things like the colors that dogs can see, and so that you need to think about what how you make your products in the way that is really optimized for the dog to enjoy playing with it and so what's that they're, they're black and white they don't black and white they just see different colors different ways so for example they see blue very well but uh, green and red they see as almost the same color so you don't want to make too many red balls that are meant to be thrown on a lawn for example mm. um and so we we definitely kind of really lean into kind of like the science of dog and then all the way over just to kind of realize i think the biggest thing for me was just how many people were out there that was as passionate as we are like when we show a picture of a of a dog in a baby stroller then <laughs> most people go like that's just insane and then a lot of us go like hey i wonder if i should get one of those and so just the sheer size is something that i was surprised about we we throw something called the bach fest which is kind of our coachella for dogs um and and we do it dog. in Doggy psychotropic do- drugs and, and stuff. Well, we it's high on the love for dogs. Yes, uh, yes. So we do that, and and we get ten thousand people to show up. What is Barkfest? Was that involved? Barkfest, uh, have, we've had many different of them, but the last one we had here in New York was uh, on the West Side Highway. We kind of rented one of the piers, and we had concerts and uh, a lot of kind of like funny small things, like almost like a Tivoli kind of thing that you could do. A what? Tivoli is that's Tivoli is the name of a of a of a theme park in Denmark, which is the original theme park that Disney was inspired for. So I thought that was the word for it, but that no. that is a theme park. <laughs> that's a theme park in Denmark where you take kids and they have a good time. Okay, what, who plays? What's your musical act at a? It's not like all dog puns, is it? No. Who, who plays? No. Who plays? Who headlines the the Barkfest uh, dog concert? Oh, I forget the bands, but there were three or four bands that played and. 
and like a very popular DJ. Yeah, actually, an interesting point. I think one of the things that the industry have done, for example, we have a design principle we call "ban the bone" internally, and that's because that every time you see anything with a dog, it's always like a paw print or a bone, and it's just very lazy, or, like or a bully stick. Or a bully stick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's more fun. Yeah. So if you think a little bit about this, like dog as a lifestyle, a lot of us have homes that we really care a lot about and we buy expensive furniture and stuff like that and you don't want like an ugly looking toy over in the corner you want something that looks elegant and beautiful that's also fun for the dog and so for example like when you our events like they're not uh they're not like crazy uh weird like here's dog prints everywhere in fact i think the last actually bark fest was not the new york one the last bark fest we did was for the bachelor and so the the bachelor show Okay. Um, one of the dates, she uh, she has a dog she's very uh, she's a big fan of, and so she took her date to a Bach Fest where we had rented out like a house, like think of MTV Crips, kind of like oh MTV The Grind Party, but just with dogs everywhere having a good time. It's probably cleaner. Frankly. It's probably cleaner. <laughs> so you don't like dress up in a giant like fire hydrant costume, right? <laughs> no, but I'm laughing because I have actually in Vegas we we keyno- <laughs> we keynoted at Super Sue, which is kind of like the pet conference and i found out that if you're drunk in a dog kind of like costume you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff oh that's that's a fun fact for everyone out there what, what were you what kind of dog were you <laughs> can you go to a craps table with uh in a dog, dog costume i don't know but that'll be fun we, we didn't try to go in a casino no just up and down the street or at least you don't remember we're doing this year, no. this year. <laughs> Well, awesome, guys. Well, I really appreciate the time. Um, any any other? We always love um, costume shenanigans here on the show, so uh, we appreciate it. And what? So it's it's holidays. Holidays are coming up fast. Besides the jet, what's the big push? The big push this year is really Target is getting that right. So we, we are you in every store? We are okay. all eighteen hundred stores. We have end caps, aisles, the whole deal. So we have to actually sell these products through Target now. And how does that work? How do you get? How do you get um, attention out of all the, the bones and paws? Uh, the, the opportunity there is really big. You go in and it's, um, it's a lot of just white shelves and white pegboard and, and really sort of boring display. And the opportunity to, to tell somebody about like why this product is great, what other people think of it, why it's right for your dog, actually bring some like cool ideas, even if they're old school ideas. Uh, I don't remember whose idea it is, but I, I love it where we we think we want to put just like a, a red phone next to all of our products in Target. You pick it up and you're connected to our customer support in Ohio. Something simple like that stands out. Did that it, happen? It hasn't happened yet. It it will happen. You have to find a phone jack in in, in, in Target. Exactly. But we do have our phone number on all the products, and uh, people text us quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think the second kind of way we're pushing Target is really through our social channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of uh, dog fanatic uh, people in Ohio sitting waiting to kind of like chat with you about anything that you want. And so we often get people that just send us pictures of their dogs, like even just because that, I guess, you know, we did the survey and we noticed that, uh, that people post about their dogs in average six times a week. And so I think after that, a lot of us feel guilty. That's and more so, than their kids. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and so when you feel guilty having posted too much, you can always send a, a picture of your dog to us and we'll be very happy to, to talk about it. Awesome. Well, Matt and Heinrich from Bark, thanks for joining us. Good job sharing the mic. Um, and thanks Thank again. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode of the Forbes interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. If you'd like to reach us, email us at interview at podcastone.com. Thanks for listening.
What's happening, guys? This is Chael Sonnen, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check out my show, You're Welcome, right here at Podcast One. I've got guests like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dana White, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and upcoming Brad Pitt and Will Smith are going to be in studio to talk about upcoming projects. Go, listen, enjoy, check it out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Send a pigeon, send a fax, write it on a postage stamp. Just make sure you are listening to your welcome at Podcast One or download and listen on the Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue. 